This season, we'll be further exploring each topic, hanging out with experts and enthusiasts of all kinds for more strange stories, social commentary, and the myths that make America tick. I'm your host, Chelsea Weber-Smith. Glenn Washington is a podcaster and producer, and most importantly, a storyteller. The host of WNYC's Snap Judgment and Spooked, Glenn also hosted an in-depth podcast about the UFO cult called Heaven's Gate that famously committed a mass suicide in 1997. But Glenn's experience with the subject matter of Heaven's Gate was also deeply personal, as he grew up in an extremist religious sect called the Worldwide Church of God. He'll tell us all about this experience, and together we'll talk about how cults draw well-meaning people in and what it means to be a seeker. Thank you so much for joining us today, Glenn. This is a, a huge honor for us. I mean, you know, your podcast royalty, and I'm so excited you're willing to come on the show and share some of, of your very personal story. I'm thrilled to be here, Chelsea. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay. So I want to start, just dive right in, right? So I want you to just tell us, if you don't mind, about your experience growing up in, in what you have classified and many others have classified as a cult, and it's called the Worldwide Church of God. And so I was hoping you could just give us a little intro to what that was like, what the leader was like, and uh, just generally what it was like to grow up in a very hyper-religious cult. Um, You know... There's there's a lot that went into that. I was living in Detroit as when I was a, a small child with my parents, and Detroit was going through a type of implosion at the time, um, and for a, all kinds of different things were happening. It was just it felt it was the, the city was was basically cannibalizing itself, and as the um, white sort of power structure moved out of the city, like in in, in mass, and so, and my parents were kind of responding to that, I think. Um, and they were trying to find a space where things would be better to raise us maybe or something. Um, and for some reason, my, my both my parents were religious. My mother started listening to this person on the radio, this person uh, and then who eventually became a TV show. It's a program called The World Tomorrow. And it was about, you know, how things are going to be different and all that kind of stuff to what tomorrow. But what it was really speaking about, the big hook was the fear. And the fear came from uh, an understanding of biblical prophecy. Brethren, we see the future. We see what's going on over the bend. And the tribulation, this time of, of, of fire and destruction is imminent. You know, and um, and that proved a very, very powerful lure. The idea that these people had unlocked the secret mm. prophetic aspect of the Bible. So um, that was that was the hook, and that was the hook that got a lot of people involved in this organization. Unlike all you know, good cults, it started in California. Um, <laughs> True but, that. <laughs> but um, we were in Michigan, so this the cult uh, uh, had had gone worldwide. Um, uh, 
it was all over the place, um, you know, through Africa, through Europe, um, through Asia. Um, so, but we, but like I said, I was a kid. I don't know any of this. And again, they don't lead with all that um, white supremacy stuff. What they led with was appeals to people's fear. And and here's the thing. I say cult because a cult to me is an organization that encourages the, its followers to essentially write to um, cut its ties with the rest of their social family groups, um, be very, very insular, generally has a single charismatic leader who is authority is unquestioned, oftentimes speaks to or for God, and a lot of times has kind of an ap- apocalyptic frame around them. We, we, we met all those tests for a cult. Um, the beliefs, while crazy to me in retrospect, are not any crazier than any other belief systems, I don't think. You know, you can go down the street and say, um, when someone takes a, a wafer of bread that is supposed to be the body of represent the body of Christ, <laughs> and then they will tell you that it transforms into the actual flesh of Christ somehow in the digestive tract. So, you know, and, and that's, a, that's a mainstream belief. These these are this is faith uh, um, as opposed to um, some sort of uh, I guess scientific analysis analysis. So all these things can be odd. I think what the thing with a cult is you can't just put a cult down on Sunday and then go on about your business. This is a all consuming thing. This is something that's your wake up and your and your and your go to bed. This is everything. And in our organization, because the in time was so imminent. Some of the people in our organization went to sleep wearing their boots so they could get up in case Jesus came back. Um, so they'd be ready. So, and that, and that was the, that sort of intensity of belief was the world to which I grew up in. And every, every single decision, every single aspect of our lives was touched by this fire and understanding that it's about to be over any minute. Jesus is about to return. And if you don't get yourself right, and what by getting yourself right means doing what the, our leader says do. If you don't get yourself right, when the Lord comes to take us to the place of safety and escape this tribulation that is going to befall this world, you are going to be left behind. And you do not want that. No, you do not want that. <laughs> so um, that's that's kind of how I grew up. So that's it's such an all consuming structure. And I've been in the things I've been studying and even in some ways my own growing up, there was this sort of idea that and I don't disagree with it a lot, but this idea of ego and the loss of ego and when you sort of break down the things that someone believes in, that's breaking down their entire self, right? And I'm not quite sure how how yours did it, but I think there's so much sort of in the more new age tradition where you're 
not supposed to feel emotions. You're not supposed to appeal to these selfish things inside of you. Well, at the same time, you're getting this story because in the new age side of it, there's an apocalypse too. And maybe that's a utopian apocalypse, but you have to get ready. You have to get yourself right. So I think I'm interested in the ways that did your organization have some sort of ego breakdown project? Does that make sense? Um, there certainly is this idea that you are full of sin and that mm-hmm. only by grace are you allowed fellowship. And you, and I guess I will say this as well, the, the calling, you are specially chosen. Only the, only the chosen are, are those who are in this church. And um, there was a lot of reference made to 144,000 people, mm-hmm. would, as just mentioned in the Bible, would, would make this call, make the grade. And so you feel special out of all mm-hmm. the billions of people that might be wandering the face of the globe right now. You are calling, you're chosen, you're special. And, and, and to reject that calling is, would be the greatest tragedy ever. Um, and you would have a special probably punishment if you got to be called and you rejected that call. So that's almost like the other side, right, of an ego breakdown is you're you're making someone feel full of sin, right? So you're making them feel bad, like they need a leader, and then you're also making them feel special. And that feels like the most deadly combination. And so speaking of that and, and your experience, I think in American hysteria, so much of it is examining my own past, and, and it's done in a narrative form a little bit, but it's also done through history Mm. and through examining how the stories that maybe I believed that were too fantastical or even conspiratorial have just these like very serious roots. And I think, you know, if our listeners haven't listened to your Heaven's Gate podcast, I would send them over there immediately. And and so you studied this cult that we mentioned in our episode called Heaven's Gate. And it's very different than the one that you grew up in. It's a, it's, far more new age. Um, But I think there's there's so much in common. And that's why you wanted to explore that story. So what about exploring that story, exploring that history? How did that affect kind of your own retrospective? Was it cathartic? How was it hard? Um, What did it do to you? Um, It gave me a second chance. I was... um, I was born into a cult. I didn't ever affirmatively, as an adult, say, I'm going to go and join a cult now. But, um, I, but I, I was a true believer in, my, in the organization into my teens. And because of that, of that background, I, I think that oftentimes when people hear the word cult, especially something like Heaven's Gate, mm. the whole, it, there's such an othering that happens when you hear those terms, like I could never do that. I could, those people are crazy. Tom Cruise, you know, and um, jumping on the couch, jumping on the (laughs) couch and, uh, you know, right. And he's one of those crazy people, crazy Hollywood. I don't find these people any crazier than anybody else, because those would have been my, that's my, that's who I was raised with. And I and and their belief systems too. I guess I can't emphasize this enough. Right now, I I have I, I have received four political emails today from people I know that are crazier than anything I grew up with. <laughs> it's a sure thing, yeah. 
and um, with uh, as absent of fact and and hysteria and, and full of hysteria as anything of any interpretation of tribulation I've ever heard. It feels like right now that a good proportion of our society is in a crazy cult. Mm-hmm. So I I just think that these lines between us and them are not as stark as we like to pretend they might be. And my thing from Heaven's Gate was like, I wanted to to get a, a more of a um, immersive understanding of what it's like as an adult. Where are you as an adult in your life that this particular type of um, answer, because that's what cults are. They're an answer. They're an answer to whatever this problem you may be going through. Um, here is the answer. And I think oftentimes the problem that your people are having in their lives is more important than an understanding an understanding of this organization. That problem, that initial concern that people are having might be more important to understand that than the actual organization they, they join Um uh, that, that, that's almost immaterial. The problem, what they're having a problem. You're having a crisis of identity, a perspective, a spirituality. And someone says, "Here's your answer." And, and understand. And, and, and this is what's so interesting about it. All conspiracies, at in their end, are attempts to simplify a baffling world. Like, okay, now if you understand who shot John F. Kennedy, now everything makes sense. Now we got it. And these cults are very much that, that, that same thing. Oh, you're missing this one key point. Now, now, now the world's going to make sense to you. Politically, the, the dialogues that we have right now, oftentimes on both sides of the, of the spectrum, of both sides, of the multifaceted spectrums, this, I know if you get this truth, then everything else will fall into place. That is... I thought that was a, a particularly American lie, but it turns out that that's a pretty <laughs> that's a universal um, ridiculousness. I, I just think that cults are just one aspect of that. And like I said, I wanted to understand where people were that led them to looking for a solution to solve everything, and that gets you into people's lives. And I really appreciated that aspect of the project. It made me understand a little bit more about the decisions they made to go back and say, where are you? Where were you before you made that decision? You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never-frozen, ready-to-eat gourmet meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week, and you can pause anytime. So just head to FactorMeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American. 
American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Because emotion is always going to be a harder, like a driver more so than logic. I mean, logic, logic's boring (laughs) and emotion is exciting and logic's hard and emotion is easy. It comes to us. And I think that is a that relates to narrative in a way because you you spoke about on the Heaven's Gate podcast about your spirituality being kind of about the narrative and in a way when i was listening to that i was thinking about sort of you know the myths of all time i mean everything has been a kind of cult because there are so many structures so many stories that are being told that you can enter and you can you can as you said you're given this whole structure to understand this what i what we call the unknowable universe right it, it's so terrifying if you can't hold on to a story so how do you think narrative plays into cults and then how do you think narrative can help the world you know um when i first left the the cult i grew up in i thought i felt i felt tricked i felt stupid i felt like i had wasted my youth in someone else's crazy story and and I, I, I'm sure all those things are true to some extent, but I also think that I, you know, I studied at the feet of all these charlatans and and crazy people, and that was an education of the type. I, I, I learned the importance of the story. We were bound. The reason why we showed up every week was because of a story. The reason why we gave up to 30% of our income to these people was because of a story. Um, the reason why we... You know, we traveled and all this, did all these things in this community was because of a story. This story, again, was was so powerful. It shaped every single aspect of our lives. And I thought later on when I was coming out of it, oh, no, oh, no. The only thing I know how to do is tell stories. That's my that's my real education. It's, it's like I'm, I've been I've been I've been in a, a graduate seminar for how to be a cult leader. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. <laughs> but I don't want to be a cult leader. I want to use those tools in a different way. And I think the the way that the, the, the magic of story is that it's the closest thing that we have to getting in someone else's head, the closest thing we have to a telepathy. And in a world where I think the biggest missing ingredient from, from, from us – uh, advancing as a as a people, the biggest missing ingredient is empathy, and empathy comes from again understanding where someone else is, and the only way to do that is through narrative. 
You don't do it through these other means of, of transmitting information. And so I think maybe I'm hoping it's my it's my desire. It's my at least my professional life wish that I can take those tools of story that I learned from growing up in a cult and use them to impart empathy so that we can see we can maybe get in people's heads and experience the world through someone else's eyes a little bit better because of of that. What do you think the potential is if we're able to do that? I know that's a hard question because it's predicting the future, but if you found empathy to get through to people in your own life? I'll say this. I remember a few years back, I guess it was, geez, like maybe only seven years ago or so when um, the, I forget the number of the proposition, but it was to uh, legalize gay marriage. Mm-hmm. was on the ballot here in California and um, and then went to the Supreme Court. There were a lot of people who had a lot of thoughts on that. And we did a story. Again, you have these debates. No one's, you don't watch Crossfire. No one ever changes their minds. It's just, it just, it's just people barking at each other. But we did a story and it was from the perspective of a kid who, who's, um, who had two mothers who um, were for all intents and purposes married. And he just told a story about being in the back seat when his mothers were, were driving somewhere and how he felt and, and, and talked about his family. He was just telling a story about his family and about who he was. And it wasn't about you should support gay marriage or you shouldn't support gay marriage. He just was talking about his family. And the reaction to that story was just, it was maybe one of our first sort of viral stories. It, people who were like, who were against something all of a sudden said, well, you know what? Uh, maybe I should rethink this. Maybe I should rethink this. I saw it happen. And when you, cause the, the thing of it is, is that when someone, when you get into a, a discussion or argument, people put their, their intellectual guard up. But when you just, when you tell a story, this happened to me, that guard doesn't go up the same way. And um, it allows you to get a different perspective. And I think I know from what I've heard and from what I, the, the, the many, many, many emails and, and, and phone calls I got, that story changed people's living room discussion. It changed their perspectives. It changed the way they spoke about this thing. It, it, it lessened the opposition that people might have had to two people who uh, uh, sexuality that someone didn't understand. They, they, you know, you're hearing from the kid talk about his mom and his moms, and you just—it was just hard to argue with that. It was hard to argue with the with the love and the joy and the reality of, it, of, his, of his situation. And so, do I think that story can change the world? I don't know, but I don't know what else could. Thank you so much, Glenn. This has been really meaningful to me personally as well, and I just—I know that our listeners are going to love this episode. And I just so appreciate you taking the time to, to share some of your story and some of your thoughts. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. This was American Hysteria. Please make sure you check out all of Glenn's shows, Snap Judgment, Spooked, and definitely Heaven's Gate. Next time on the show, we'll be covering, that's right, baby, trash talk shows. And it's going to be a wonderfully trashy time. That's coming at the start of the new year. 
In the meantime, consider becoming a patron of our show, where you will get a brand new podcast from me, where I take long walks with you so we can talk about things like the searing beauty of the world around us, the philosophy of being a human person in an unknowable universe, and do some guided meditations that won't make you roll your eyes straight out of your head. I'll be doing some interviews, telling some crazy stories, and also be playing some of your stories, too. So you can listen to our first episode now. It's called Walk With Me, and it's right there on our feed. And if you enjoy what you hear, please consider coming and joining our Patreon community. You can find the link in our show notes. This episode has sound by ClearCommo Studios, and it was produced by Miranda Zickler. Make sure you check out her new cover of Blue Christmas that's out now on Spotify with her band Ladies. And you can hear more about them by going to listentoladies.com. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I hope you can find a little bit of sweet and healthy joy over the holidays, whatever that means for you. Have a great few weeks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.